Hey guys, Michael here, and I'm back with more LEGO Masters content on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. And on this episode, we'll be going through my exit interviews with the last team to go out, as well as the team before that. So needless to say, if you're not all caught up with the show, this is your spoiler warning and chance to leave. But I'll be back later this week to break down the Demolition Derby Challenge and episode 6 with my guests. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for that one. So with all that out of the way, let's jump into the exit interview from this week. Super excited to be talking to you both but obviously super sad under the given circumstances. I was definitely rooting for you both. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, hip hop definitely seems core to just who you are and especially a lot of the fun that you put into the builds. While we caught a lot of the references um, in our analysis of the show, uh, you know, I'd love to get your sense, like, what did we miss? I have to imagine there was more in there that we saw. <laughs> Got one off the top of my head. So this was actually in in the build that, in the Hero Shot build, um, we were kind of coming up with names for the characters. Uh, I couldn't think of anything. So Rita was like, let's just pick Andre for the for the wizard. Um, what they didn't capture in that one was we also named the, the centaur um, Camille and the dust that we had was purple. And all of that stuff kind of adds up to references to Prince world. Yeah. So you see where I was going. So that was a deep, deep cut that all of it didn't make it to the show, but <laughs> I thought we'd have some fun with it. Yeah, I could go on a thousand times, but the QB that we had in the back of the hat was like a triple entendre. One, Beyonce, Little Kim, uh, and then some other folks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she's from Queens, Queensbridge. Oh, yeah, and I'm from Queens. Queen Thank you, Randall. See, I'm, I'm, here, to, I'm here to pick you up, dog. I know, I'm clear, I'm clear, I'm clear. I know what time it is. <laughs> Uh, love it. You know, one thing we talked about preseason uh, that you emphasized was communication. In last night's episode, we saw a little bit about how you were sort of switching off who was in charge. You know, I'm curious to get your thoughts now that we've seen kind of how it all played out. You know, what did we not get to see about how you guys decided to work together, the division of labor, those sort of things that might give us a little bit more context into how you made it through the competition and maybe how this last challenge went? Mm, um, I think... There was so you might have seen uh, there was a there was a pre boot Randall and there was a post boot Randall <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was that post boot version that literally had to sit down and have her in the driver's seat. Um, by that point, we had we decided to split the labor up and she'd finish the top and I'd finish the bottom. Um, I think what got away from us in that particular challenge was the scale of it all. Um, you know, spheres are challenging to build by themselves, right? But then having two people build it, uh, can can get away from you really fast, uh, given the time constraints. So uh, I had to, you know, give it up for her to let her do what she thought was best in finishing. Same for me, right? And then we'll see. We literally met in the middle, as you saw, you know, the seam in the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember what episode it was. Um, uh, Dad, was it the hero shot? episode it might have been that just like getting real frustrated oh that was the hero shot that was the hero shot shot, right yeah i think the end of it i was definitely frustrated on camera um but you couldn't see it but i think it was that episode that really led to us kind of cementing our team like the output was like all of the communication we went from like communicating on a on a level three 
it was that hero shot. We was like, all right, let's just get everything out the way. Let's just be really clear, really intentional with each other. Um, and so behind the scenes, I was swallowing what I had to actually say um, because I, I had to ensure that my partner was still represented in the highest light uh, possible. So that's something that didn't go on screen. But what I don't, I don't know if it did, but one thing I am grateful even from that moment is Randall came back and he said, Sarita, I'm not going to have you looking crazy on TV. And I'm like, Randall, we will go to the ends of the earth together, my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, great. I think that's my time. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. It was great to get to connect with Randall and Sarita again, and I'm still pretty heartbroken over them going home. But as always, we've got to keep moving on, and there's another exit interview from the previous elimination. As for some reason, with all the weeks off, I forgot to post that exit interview. So here is my exit interview with Paris and Moto. All right, perfect. Uh, I This is such a heartbreaking uh, time to chance to talk to you both because I was definitely rooting for you both during this season. It's it's a really competitive season, so you guys did an unbelievable job. Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask about first was something we talked about earlier in our preseason interview was about how you guys were relatively new to building with each other. And throughout the different challenges, we sort of saw this divide and conquer strategy. I'm curious to get your thoughts, maybe more specifically, if you could bring a little bit more of that to life for us who like to get into the nitty gritty and the behind the scenes, you know, was this um, how did you guys think about the challenges and dividing the la- the different tasks and, you know, the division of labor of it all? Because it sort of felt like, especially in this last challenge, even in the um, the skyscraper one, um, there's all these like components that Paris is responsible for, like, you know, the mechanism for the robot and parts that you were responsible for. Um, and maybe that's contributed to some of this kind of dissonance that we saw for how the things actually fit together. I'm curious just to get your thoughts. Some of the things we didn't see. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, no question that, uh, you know, I mean, I certainly wish we had a lot more uh, time just to uh, learn about each other. You get a comfort. I mean, look, you look at Maria and Philip, you know, they can finish each other's scent door. Not that I would get married to Moto. I'm just saying that. Uh, so, yeah, it, we would have benefited for, from, from uh, more time. But that wasn't an option. And, uh, you know, and so we, we tried to uh, move forward with, uh, with what we had and the time we had and um, you know so that's what we did uh, and so our nation was to do division work and um, try and bring it together yeah, and I think it went beyond just the division of labor um, so when I thought of it it was always like first figuring out what skills matched the challenge and trying to pair that strength together. So in some of the challenges, um, Paris really took the lead on being the project manager and sort of coordinating the overall story and the approach and just thematically how it's going to come together or even the components and how they're going to design and be assembled. In other cases, it was me trying to be the team lead and drive you know, the outcome. Um, so there was always one clear leader amongst us, you know, overseeing and kind of making tough decisions just for the sake of time. Um, and then it got down into the assignment of, you know, who would do what and then how to integrate it. And it is tough because you can't see inside of each other's heads. So you do see that communication of not understanding or stumbling or you're out of pattern of tasks and labor, but also division responsibilities. And we kept trading off. I think you'll even see the person who's narrating the story at the end during <laughs> the um, judging alternated between Paris and myself, just like Amy and Jamie alternate between who gets the bad, gives the bad news at the <laughs> end of each episode. So, you know, that was part of the the team dynamic as well. We did have a number of days for quarantine and uh, Moto and I took advantage of that. that felt, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we reflected on every single build that was 
uh, had been done to that point around the world and all the different Lego masters. And we at least had the opportunity to sort of write down our ideas, to, you know, yeah. what would we have done in that relation? Uh, so we had some of that um, going into it. And we had the idea of the honeycomb uh, for the, for the, you know, eventual engineering struct kind of build, uh, for example. Um, so we, we certainly had a lot of that. Um, and also I would say that, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I had done my research and on Moto's abilities and, um, I wanted to support him and elevate his artistry as much as I possibly could. But well, and it definitely showed, honestly, there's a lot of respect, I think, between the two of you and really a respect for the competition, Moto. When you left, you were saying, play well, play well, which we obviously know is the iconic Lego phrase, but Tell me just what it meant to you to be part of this competition, this high level Olympics, like you called it, Paris. You know, I'm curious just to get your thoughts on what all this meant to you. Well, for me, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And to do it is to do it. Um, you know, I didn't do it for the award. It would have been nice, nice trophy and all that. But I really did it because I wanted to see what the challenge was and to try to build to it. Um <clears throat> across all of it, too, it's about, I don't think representation is the right word. I'll try to just cover it with some general statements. So for me, whenever I woke up, no matter how exhausted, no matter how every molecule of my legs or feet were completely, utterly destroyed <laughs> at the end of every day, it was about knowing that there were thousands of AFOLs, probably including yourselves, that would have traded the position for mine in an instant. So with that responsibility, it was necessary for me to just keep grinding away every day to the maximum effort that I could put forward, because it wasn't just about myself as a builder. It's about something greater. It's about trying to represent the entire community of builders who had gone through casting and hadn't made it. And for some reason, I'm here and I know that anyone would trade places in a moment. So to do the best that I could do and to put the maximum effort forward seemed about the right thing to do for anybody who's going to be watching the show, anybody who's been in AFOL or anybody who will be in AFOL to get inspired and get out there and love this thing that we all love. And I don't say goodbye as play well, just as a token. I do it all the time because for me, it's a philosophy and it's a way to live your life. And I think you could see it from the cast that I had done everything to my greatest ability to really embody that. And I think all the contestants do that is to be not just representatives for the Lego community, but in this competition to bring forward the greatest parts of what we can be as people and with the elements. So hopefully that made a difference and I'm glad you noticed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, um, I started a nonprofit to provide, you know, STEAM education to kids and adults. Um, so I'm pretty well known, uh, relatively well known, certainly in the children, Education Connecticut. So um, I'm all about the kids. I mean, ever since I had my daughter, I, I my own uh, accolades, they, they just don't matter as much as to me. So it, I'm just about inspiring as many kids as I can. Um, to pursue theme education, to try new things, to love uh, and learn things, you know? And well, geez, I mean, how can you have a much bigger uh, opportunity to impact them? And it, it was just a, an incredible experience. Um, I always knew that even, I didn't think I'd still get selected all the way until the end, really. Um, but I always knew that if I did, it was gonna be an extraordinary uh, uh time and that one that I would uh, try to enjoy to the absolute maximum. So I think I did that, you know, yeah, I think it was definitely a highlight of my life. Sure. No, I love that. And, and it came across on the show. So don't worry about that. You know, my next question is really, though, around, you know, what do you think that someone who's thinking about applying to your point, Moto, a lot of people want to get a chance to be on the show for a future season. 
What do you think they need to keep in mind, just given everything that you've learned and the lessons you've learned on the show? Man, if I had the answer, everybody would succeed and be on the show. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can say that it, you can be a very, very good builder. I, I do think you need to be a unique mock builder. I think you need to have a vision and build in a distinct and different way. Um, I think we all see there, there, there's a lot of commonality when you look at mocks. Um, there's common communities of interest, things of that nature. But to kind of stand out and be different, you do need to sort of build differently. Um, I'd also look at your life and your background, um, understand who you are, understand that you're a valuable person, but try to describe it in a way that's compelling to others. Um, I also think that you have to have a good comfort with the camera and you have to have a good comfort and chemistry with um, a crew and also with your building partner, as well as the cast that you'll eventually be part of. Because it is national television and, um, you know, it's not a time to all of a sudden shut down and freak out. You, you got to be comfortable around cameras and sort of learn to avoid them. And, you know, whatever social media platform you want to start practicing on, that's a great way to start. And you just work your way through and you work your way up with experience over time. But, you know, it's kind of a combination of chemistry as well as building, as well as, um, you know, bidding, you know, facing Clockzilla in the face and staring it down. So <laughs> there's a lot more that could be said about that, but that's kind of the basics. Yeah. So um, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, I was having a discussion with um, another interviewer a few days ago, and we were talking about how success is 50% perseverance and percent luck. And um, I think that, at least from my perspective, you know, I've been working on this stuff for five years, solid. And, um, you know, contract with Lego, we sell Lego product, we use Lego in everything that we do. Uh, because it's the best product and best tool. And um, and then lo and behold, I get a call, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I already hadn't had this history. Yeah, definitely. And then my final question is just, um, you know, was there something in the competition that you were waiting for? Obviously, you've already gotten to show off a lot of your engineering skills with the Skyscraper Challenge. But there, was there some challenge you were waiting for that you just wish would have come up while you were on the show? Yeah, I'm going to have to trim my answers back because I know I'm coming up on time. But rapid fire, the answer is yes. Um, I'm hoping for a theme build, and I believe I would know what that theme is. Um, the preview for the next belt, the hanging brick challenge, that is something that I really, 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 really want to do to the point where I'm building my own mock to solve it. <laughs> so it's not like even though I'm not on the show, I'm not going to take some of these challenges on. Um, some of them are just too creative for me to ignore. So, yeah, I'm sure as time goes on, too, I'm going to see more of these challenges come up and, you know, take do my own special take on it. Try to solve it my own way. because I just I think they're fascinating. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, the amount of effort they go into, you know, thinking up these challenges quite a lot. Uh, I mean, you can see my ice one up there that I'm working on, um, you know, and I have a mobile moto gave me the idea of a, creating a mobile. Uh, during quarantine. And um, so I've been working on that. Um, I don't think I was able to really show what I what I'm capable capable of. Um, but that's okay. I mean, I think that's actually I guess that would be the biggest regret is not not having that ability to do that um, during the time that I was there. So um, uh, yeah, so um, definitely be I'm, I'm looking forward to the next uh, few certainly episode to see what they uh, everybody underwent. And uh, I'll be making version well, for sure. Well, perfect. We can't wait to see them on social media. But thanks to you both and hope to talk to you guys again soon. Thanks, Mike. Again, it was great to connect with Paris and Moto and of course, sad to see them go. But even as we say goodbye to two great teams, we have to look forward to the next episode, which is this week. So be sure to stay tuned to the podcast feed to hear us break down everything from the Demolition Derby episode for episode six. So if you want to follow along with the podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast 
platform you're listening to it now. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want even more Lego content, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks, where I cover the Lego news for the week every Saturday. And you can follow the channel on all social media platforms with the username at Talk Bricks. And if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, it's Talk Bricks Masters. And on Twitter, it's TB Masters. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.